Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today I am thrilled to have one of my dear friends and mentors, Shannon Rich, here to help us celebrate Women's History Month. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Erin. Anything you want, I'm always here for you. I love it. Okay, before we dive in, I want to tell our listeners a bit more about you, and I promise I'll stick to your actual bio and script. I've known you for a long time, so it could be dangerous, but you know way too much, so please stick to it, yes. (laughs) Shannon has spent her career leading organizations through transformational projects by challenging traditional methods, and she's not a stranger to being the only female voice in a room. Shannon is currently president and CEO of the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, where she directed the single largest endeavor in the organization's almost 100-year history, the opening of the Gaylord Pickens Museum in Midtown. She was the first female board member and president of Oklahoma City's The Downtown Club and the first female member of the executive committee and officer of the Oklahoma City All Sports Association. In 2016, she founded Lead Her Board, the only organization of its kind that advocates for and increases awareness of professional women within their chosen disciplines. She's been recognized as one of Oklahoma's most admired CEOs, and she's a three-time honoree and inductee of the Circle of Excellence for the journal records 50 Making a Difference. Shannon is a fifth-generation Oklahoman and a proud graduate of Oklahoma City University. She and her husband, Kelly, have a daughter named Mia. Shannon, we're going to cover a wide variety of topics today, but since it's Women's History Month, let's start there. Like I mentioned in your bio, through both your career and your volunteer work, you have frequently experienced being the only or the first woman in the room. What have you learned about yourself in those situations and how have you pushed back against any negativity you've encountered along the way? Well, I think what I've learned is right now, we've certainly come a long way than where we were even just 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But, but, you know, I think there people want women to be successful. I think generally speaking, I mean, even back to the downtown club, they knew they needed women. They knew they needed that voice in the club. Uh, but because of this, the requirements, meaning that they had to be at an executive level of management to be in the club, there weren't a lot of women that were that age that were my peers went, had children and they, they, weren't in, they weren't able to be in the workplace and exceed at that level because they had made a choice to have a family. And I, I didn't have that at that particular time. So I was able to be in the club. So I think what I've learned is that um, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Uh, and I've had to definitely, we talked about that before we went on is, you know, you have to kind of stretch yourself a little bit at times and be comfortable being the only voice in the room. But I, I really feel like there've been a lot of women that have welcomed me along the way and people that have kind of pushed me into the spotlight or pushed me into the uncomfortable zone whenever I wasn't quite ready to go there. And that's really what I've tried to do to people that I've hired is, you know, it's okay. You're going to, we're going to put you in front of the room and you're going to, you're going to say these things, and you're going to be prepared. And uh, I think not to take it personally, but people are uncomfortable with uh, my husband sat in a room many times and they said, oh, how how long have you been in Rotary? And, you know, he replied, well, actually, Shannon's a member at Rotary, not me. Uh, We'd go to dinners and people with with the NCAA and they would say, oh, how long have you been um, an advocate for softball? And he would say, 
actually Shannon is the NCA representative for Oklahoma City. So I think there's just a lot of assumptions made, right? And, and hopefully those walls are kind of coming down a little bit. And you are a great example to so many women in Oklahoma City specifically. And when you were talking about hiring women, mentoring women and pushing them, I can say from personal experience how great you are at that, that you're not just in it to be the first, you're in it to make sure that there are other women coming along behind you who are successful, which um, to me just makes you such an incredible inspiration for so many women. Um, you're really, you're really, really great at that. Um, so thinking about the women that you've hired, the women that you've mentored, how do you encourage them? How do you encourage other working moms to pull confidence from their hard work, both in their family life and in their career, rather than seeing their work as a mom, as a detractor? And how can women advocate more fully for themselves in the workplace? Well, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that women are mothers by just genetically speaking, that is what happens. But I don't think that means that they can't be both. Uh, my mom did not have a choice. She was a single working mother and she had to find a way to be successful at work and she did and she raised us. And so I think that we, at, as, a, as an employer, I know that whenever you, for example, were having, having a family, I already knew that you felt bad if you had to leave work because you had a sick child. I didn't need to make you feel worse. And a lot of times we could equip you, um, even, but this is, how long? It's been a long time. Uh, way before pandemic, it's been a long time. Uh, but I mean, we knew there were things you could do at home. There were things that you could do at home. And I already knew that whenever you um, were at home with a sick child, you felt bad about missing work. And whenever you had a sick child at home, but you had to be at work because it was Hall of Fame time or a specific time that you could be, um, that you had to support a spouse that could, could carry that load. And I think that's what we have to do because I think your voice is important. I think women's voices are important at work. Um, whether, whether you sell a widget, whatever it is you do, you're missing market share if you don't have women at work. And I think we as women have to help each other. And that's what I experienced. That's what I've tried to create in the workplace is a supportive environment. And, and fortunately, most of the women that I work with have supportive spouses and they, they, I never feel bad about having to say somebody's going to be working from home today, or even again, post pandemic, it's a lot easier to say, they're going to work from home because I think we all know now that we can get a lot of things done. But I think the environment is just important and we, we have to acknowledge it. Um, we have to acknowledge that women can do both. Some women don't want to do both, but I think we have to have more women in media, in science, in, in what, what you're doing. Again, the voice that you bring to media, um, in politics, in finance, there has to be, it's just where there's just less, there's so, it, the, the numbers are so drastically different for more women are in the C-suite. And those are the voices. That's where decisions are made. That's where the pay gap gets solved. That's where everything happens is whenever you can start putting women in decision-making roles. And I think that's one of the things that really struck me about you. That's one of the first things that I noticed at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame was how well you knew your employees. You were intentional about that. And again, way before the pandemic. We keep saying way like it was a hundred years ago. I feel like we're dating ourselves. <laughs> we are a little bit, but it's been a while. It was a long time ago, but yeah. you had already put into place 
where a mom could go every day, pick up her child from school if that was important to her. So her schedule could be rearranged around that or again, having the opportunity to work from home when we needed to, you were, you were seeing those things and how those things made a difference to working moms before a lot of other people, at least here in Oklahoma City, were noticing those things. So just the intentionality in knowing your employees well and creating systems where they can not just flourish at work, but they can also flourish at home. I think that is just such a key piece to this conversation. I agree. I think the loyalty you get, I think employers miss the opportunity. You know, Jenny, who has worked at the Hall of Fame now for 30 years, whenever I started working there, all she, she had, they have one son who now is about to have a baby and dates myself, but he was in, you know, junior high and high school and she wanted to be a mom. She wanted to be there. She wanted to leave and be in Deer Creek. She worked downtown, wanted to be in Deer Creek at three o'clock whenever he got home. And she, and she worked all the time. She still works all the time. So the loyalty <clears throat> that we have from Jenny far exceeds letting her leave at three o'clock, <laughs> letting her leave at 2.30, letting her go to soccer matches whenever he was playing. I mean, there's just, if, if employers understand the buy-in, the loyalty you get from your associates whenever you give them the freedom to be full adults, full humans, whether that's whether they have a hobby and they need to travel for that or whether they've got kids or whether they've got a sick parent, I think you, you get that back if they could just step back a little bit. So true. You have had the opportunity at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame to meet a lot of women who have made or are making history. Who that you've had the opportunity to meet or work with has most inspired you? Oh, Erin, I mean, you've, you, how long did you work there? I mean, think about the women that we got to meet, to work with just on the board. I mean, then you bring in the Hall of Fame classes. Um, you know, it's, Claire Looper, getting to watch her be inducted, getting to watch Linda Twine, who graduated from my university and is a Broadway producer. Um, I think Becky Dixon is my chairman now. And to think about her being inducted as the first, she did Wide World of Sports with Frank Gifford as the first female. Now I think about all the women who are on the sidelines, right? Becky paved that way from, from Lenapah, Oklahoma. You have to go to a map to find out where that is. And now she's in Tulsa and she's, she's my chairman now. And I think for me, there's just been Paula Marshall went in last year, uh, from, from Bama pies, literally her father wasn't going to let her run the company because she was a, a girl. And now they're the, McDonald's largest climbing, mean, just all of the, she went and said, we don't just make pies. We can make, um, pizza crust and we can make, she had this innovative style and they have this, they win best workplace and Sharon, just attorney. I mean, I've, massive girl crush on her just it was a nine billion dollar company when she ran it uh l brands victoria's secret the limited um just uh, there's i can't I, I i can't name all of them but just to see women who are from who all embrace small town roots every one of those i met becky from Lenapaw. if you listen to sharon just her attorney talk she talks about being from Ardmore, oklahoma being in a ranching life and and wanting taking that work ethic to foley's to macy's to be a neiman's buyer and then CEO of L Brands. I mean, it's so many women, so many. It's really inspirational. Um, and uh, as a plug for the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, you can learn about so many of those women by coming to the Hall of Fame, going through the museum, um, participating in the museum's programming, which I didn't even mean for this to be, but that's a great segue to our next question, which is, what are some of the family-friendly programming um, learning opportunities that are coming up that families need to know about? 
Well, we every Tuesday we have um, discovery days. So we learned that in the pandemic, and uh, it's we it's been so popular for homeschool families or even even kids when they get home from school. Four o'clock to four forty-five every Tuesday we have a live via Zoom, and a lot of times our Hall of Famers join us for those, and so you'll learn about uh, different STEM opportunities. We have our very popular spring thing coming up, which is March 17th to the 19th. And it's just free programming those two days, those three days, actually a lot of family fun crafts, the movie theater will be uh, going with with a fun film. And so we are still in the process of kind of offering um, a very safe environment for everybody, but um, lots of activities there. We have one of our first events for the scouts, um, which is a scout class on Saturday, April 2nd, you can go to our website and learn more about that for your troop whether it's a Boy Scout or Girl Scout troop, um, every second Saturday, we have CU Saturdays. And that's just free programming for families. And you can come to the museum and see the exhibits and what, what gallery um, is there, what, 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 we have, uh, what art we have showing. Um, and all that's made possible by the Chickasaw Nation. Um, it's all free programming. So it's one of our largest sponsors for that. So many things you can do. And you can always go to our website, Oklahoma HOF, to um, find more. And... You can find a lot of your, especially your free programming all at Metro Family as well. You guys are featured so often in our weekend picks and other fun things to do because you offer incredible programming. Again, so much of it is free. Um, spring thing during spring break um, is, is a great one. So I, my kids always love coming to the Hall of Fame. They love all of your programming. So shout out for that. Um, okay, let's switch gears and talk about Lead Her Board. What inspired you to start the organization? How are you seeing it make a positive difference for women? And what is your vision for the future? Um, well, thank you for talking about Leaderboard. I, you know, it's much like you with Maddie, with Addie. I feel like when I, when Mia came into my life, I already had this vision of the world. And I've been fortunate. I've had, a, you know, some success in my career. And I've never really felt like I've been able to overcome the battles that I've certainly had in front of me. But Mia got a dental Barbie, Erin. That's how simple it was. And so she really liked the dental Barbie. And I, she started asking questions that I thought were business driven. And I was like, she's going to be a dentist. I have a five-year-old. I'm going to find out what it's going to take to put her through dental school. Because that's what all neurotic normal people do, right? What, what's five-year-old, let's get her to, that, that seemed like a normal thing to do for me, as you know me. That's totally normal to me. So I'm with I, you. And you. You're my people. That's why we're <laughs> friends. Um, and so I went in the second article, I went, how much does it cost to send the kid to dental school? Second article that popped up was women dentists make 50% less per hour in chair time than men. And I went, what? That didn't even make sense. Cause I thought all those fees were kind of generated through, you know, a, a fee schedule. Right. And so then I it was this rabbit hole of attorney, women attorneys um, are only like 24% are partners and they still make like 75 cents on the dollar. And her dad's an attorney. So I was like, wait, what? So even if she wanted to be a, like, so it, it just kind of turned into this whole thing of, wait a minute, that's not the world. Is that still happening? Um, and I feel like I've been a little sheltered from that because I've been able to negotiate myself in positions where I haven't really thought about that. Um, and it's a problem. It still is a problem. And I just kind of dove into it. And then I went to go try to find a woman dentist. And it's not as easy as you think. It's not as easy. If your name, if your name is Kelly or Shannon, um, is that a guy or a girl? If there's not a picture, you don't know. Um, and so these associations, I understand why they can't put, here's our women dentist, here's our Latina dentist. I understand why they can't do it. But after George Floyd and after the Me Too movement, 
the the flip in how people are spending their so their dollars is changed. People are starting to ask their financial planners. People are starting to make decisions financially based on does your company or does your organization mirror my values? And so I want to find um, you know I want to find somebody who, who's hung their shingle as a CPA that that represents women that that values women in leadership. And they don't have to be. It doesn't mean that you know again our family. I, my, I want people to hire my husband. But I just want to make sure that if you're going to hire someone that you at least put women in the mix and that tool wasn't there. And so that's why I created leaderboard was to be able to say, look, this is, you want to find a woman CPA, you want to find a, a woman trainer. Again, the women trainers make 50 cents on the dollar. Like it's such a bizarre thing when you start thinking about, wait a minute, they set their own pay, but we don't trust men. We don't trust women the way we trust men. Like that's, that, that's the issue with dentists is women don't feel the confidence. People don't want to go hire a woman dentist. It, it's 2022. It's like, what? Like, it's crazy. So when I think about the purpose of that, my vision for that is that Addie and Mia just decide, right? Like I want to be, I want, they're going to get hired because they're merit. They're going to, we won't, we'll no longer say, I think Cheryl Sandberg has a quote, they'll no longer be women engineers. They'll just be engineers, right? That's just not going to be an issue anymore. And so my hope is that, that they are, our daughters are paid based on, on what skills they bring. And the assumption is they're going to bring the same skills as their male counterpart. And they're paid the same, that there isn't a female, you know, in my lifetime, the fact that you could fire somebody for being pregnant, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, obviously I was young, was little, but it's still, that happened in my lifetime. And so that's just something I just can't see. And I think I think education is going to change. I think there's people at Mia's school that are making six figures on YouTube. These kids are, I think they're going to start driving some change. They, this next generation is going to demand more and they should. Um, but that's my hope is that women. And then the other thing is what's happened with leaderboard that I was, I was a little bit surprised about was that women who are my age, who kind of people kind of start writing us off a little bit, right? Like what's your, are you phasing out and women want to work. And so I've had a real estate agent and I've had, um, when in Dallas, and then I've had a local insurance agent here in Oklahoma City say, this has caused me to want to refresh my website. And people are talking about me again. And I'm excited about my career again. And it's like, why, why do we have to quit working? Or why do we have to stop? Because people assume we're going to stop. So I think that's the, giving women a chance to be elevated in their career, whatever it is, whatever phase they're in, whether they're 25 and getting started or whether they're 55, and they're, they're still going to work in their 10, 15 years. That's as long as they're willing to do the work. They, have, they should have the opportunity to do that. Do you have a child who loves science, technology, engineering, math, or art? Geekapalooza is a STEAM festival presented by Boeing and hosted by Metro Family and the Girl Scouts of Western Oklahoma. This event is for all kids of all ages to have fun through hands-on expo booths and short interactive workshops about robotics, the science of flight, coding, geoscience, and so much more. Join us March 12th at the new state-of-the-art urban camp, Camp Trevera, just east of OKC Zoo. Ticketing and more information can be found at metrofamily.com slash Do not wait. Get your tickets today. We often hear the phrase, it's lonely at the top. And I think that that can be especially true for women executives. So how important has it been for you to find other women with similar career path or goals to have that kind of support as you've navigated your career? And how does Leaderboard provide that same sense of community? Well, I think 
probably the best thing in life is having those women friends that you can say anything to, that you can trust. Um, and I think the same is true for men. But I think women, um, I have a handful of those women in my life that have been, you know, propositioned inappropriately, have been on a business trip with somebody showing up to their room, and all the things that you think that's not true, right, um, have happened. And I think uh, that's just the best thing I could recommend for anybody is having those, those women that you can have honest conversations with that drive you. I think what's impressing me now more than anything is your generation and people right below you are talking about money, right? We never talk, like it's a, it's, a, it's a taboo subject. We don't talk about how much money we make, but I've, these women that are on our second century board now, they're like talking about money. They're encouraging each other. They're talking about what you should be getting and how you should be getting more money and how you should negotiate. And I have, it's, it's inspiring and it's exciting to see that. But I, again, I have to tell you, I, Mary Malone, Meg Salyer, Leslie Paris, Becky Frank, all those women, when I took this job, it was a predominantly male organization did great things. And I have, I, again, I was hired by Clayben and I'm grateful for the men who have, have seen the value and, and um, given me the opportunity. Um, but these women said, you're not Vanna White. You're not going to hand out awards. You're going to have a speaking part. And I remember thinking, oh, I, I don't know if I should have a speaking part because, and they're like, yeah, you're the, look at your business card. You're the CEO. So you're not going to hand out awards on stage anymore. And I was like, oh, and, and I appreciate, I don't, I would never have done that. Right. Like I would, if they hadn't said, Hey, this is great. That was nice. Here's what needs to happen. And it was just a very encouraging, positive, but this, this is what it looked like. So do it different. And I, we did, we changed a lot of things. Um, and I think it's helped give credibility to the organization and we've, we've done, we've grown obviously. And we're in our 95th year. It's hard to think about we're planning our centennial um, and all those things come into play about how we, how we, um, how people view our organization. One of the other key issues that you mentioned earlier that I want to talk about more is closing the gender wage gap. What is it? Is this even possible? What does it take to accomplish it? And maybe kind of a more bite-sized piece. What are some key things that listeners can do to get engaged and help start to make this happen? Well, here's, here's my thought process on this. And I, I'm, I'm doing a speech next week at AFP for this. It is math. So it's not cancer. It's not the, I have no idea how we're going to cure cancer, but I know there's very smart people working on it. Um, to pay people the same is that it is to say we have a job and here's a range. It's pay transparency is one of the biggest things. So obviously as an employer, I know that there are people that based on their skill set and, and their experience, they may be at the top of that range, but their gender has zero to do with it. Then whether they have kids, whether they're married, whether they're single, has zero to do with their ability to work at that level. I'm hiring for experience and a skill set. Um, and that's what has to happen. It is, it is not neuroscience. It is not a difficult task, but it is accountability. And I will say the NASDAQ stock market saying you have to have women on your board you have to have people of color on your board. People are starting to say the accountability is there, right? Um, but it's still uncomfortable. Um, and it's not just that. It's having women. Pipeline did a study, Pipeline Magazine, in, in 2021. So this is a new study. It's not old numbers. That said of the companies where 30% of their C-suite decision makers are women, yield 10 times more profit. Not revenue, profit. 
So this is just math. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Whenever you have complete, look at Target, Aaron. We all love Target. Look at their executive team. It is representative of transgender. It, they have Asian Americans. They have Indian Americans. They, they, are, they are multicultural and they speak to everybody and everybody loves Target. It's not, it's not crazy. Um, so I think that's what has to happen. It can happen. I mean, we're along, unfortunately, I, my goal, I would love to, that's why leader, I'm not going to sit back and tell Mia that, you know, I was successful. So my hope is that you are, it's like, I, we have to put things in place as a consumer, buy products from people that value women like target. I mean, buy, go do the research and find out who does it. Make sure when you're going to hire an architect, or you're going to hire somebody to do something, make sure that either my CPA is not a, woman, but when I showed him the business plan for leaderboard, he said, I love that you have, um, that you're finding a solution for this. And by the way, there are three women in my organization that are probably going to become partners that are going to take my partner's place. Gonna, I mean, he values women and they're in the C-suite. So that's, it's not women against men. It's just, we have to have the diversity component. So you can, you can choose with your checkbook, right? I don't mean this bad to the NFL. I don't believe for a minute, the NFL all of a sudden cared about race or that their players beat their wives. I think what happened is People start to say, I'm not going to advertise with you anymore. I'm not going to buy tickets. And when you start exercising with your checkbook, that's how change is made. And I think that's what we have. We have to do that. We have to hold people accountable. If you have daughters, even for sons, even if you, you want your future daughter-in-law, you want people to have equity in the environment um, that they work in. So there are things that can be done. I think, unfortunately, I think we're a ways. I think there's still a lot of people in control that, that are uncomfortable with that. But if we keep pushing mm -hmm. and if we, if we make those choices with where we spend our money, um, even though I, I know from experience, it feels like in the moment, is, does this really matter? Am I really making a difference? Um, but I think we have, we, just, we have to keep pushing anyway and hope that with some collective power, it will. Well, that's the deal is you making that decision and me making that decision and our friends making that decision. It ultimately, that is what happened with the NFL. The NFL ha had zero radius for change, but ultimately their players said, their players did their own little campaign. I mean, it's like, we're not going to play and our advertisers aren't going to advertise. And so it's like, okay, we have to address these things that are not new. I think that's, that's what's going to have to happen is, is consumers are going to have to say, this is where we're going to do it. Elvis, if you've ever heard of that organization, they basically, it's a woman named Sally Krawcheck, another massive girl crush I have is she just said, look, I've, we're going to make financial decisions with companies and organizations and we women, frankly, invest better. They, the numbers are there. It's not about anti-men. It's just, we just, we have different skill sets and we, coupled with men, it's great, but she has a company and they basically invest with the idea to promote women and people of color in mind, and they're hugely successful and it's breaking all kinds of barriers. And I just think those are the kind of things that are going to create equity is the conversation. In your personal life, we hear, we talk so much as working moms about work-life balance or finding fulfillment in all of our different roles. This for me is an area I really struggle with. And I know a lot of other moms in the workplace do too. So what are some of the challenges and opportunities you have faced as a working mom? What advice would you give other moms on dealing with that tension or guilt that can occur between our work lives and our home lives? Oh man, I don't have any advice. I have zero advice for balance. And, and I think mom, being a parent, male or, I just think it's hard. I think it's, 
you want your kids to see, um, have every opportunity that you didn't ever, ever have. And then, but you don't want to raise them spoiled. And then you want them to see you be successful, but you don't want them to feel like your work is more important. Um, what I, all I know is Mia knows that she's loved by a lot of people. And that's been important because I think it takes a village. Um, I think it takes a lot of people to make that experience whole, especially if you have a career and your spouse has a career. I think how, how spouses react to each other. I think one of the best things that probably Kelly has given Mia is, um, and I'm not saying this selfishly, but Mia sees her dad cook dinner. Mia sees her dad do the dishes. There, in my house growing up, there were just things my dad didn't do. And there were things that my mom, cooking, the Thanksgiving meal was always never cleaned up. My Never, you know, to the point that my, some of the men in our house would like shake their empty glasses. And so that women would come fill them. And that's just, and again, I, I very loving home, but just not a, but that's just what was the reality. And that will, that's Mia will never, that's not going to be a norm for her, right? Like her dad picks her up from school. Her dad does all the things that what you would say a, a mom would do, because there isn't that, I think that's what we have to look at. The message that we're giving kids is we want everybody to be fulfilled. And Mia knows that I have the hall of fame and that she's proud of what that is. I didn't even realize it till she wrote a paper one time about it. And then you start realizing you're, you're modeling for Addie, you're modeling for your boys every single day. And I think seeing it, seeing a mom that is fulfilled, that's loving, that has a career. I don't, I don't think that's bad. The, the deal is you just, it's, it's not going to be 50, 50, that whole balance deal. I think a long time ago, I'm trying to think you told me that, but I think the reality is you're going to have to, you have to have your focus and presence at work. And then when you come home, that needs to be your focus and present. I think that's where we struggle is turning off work now that we can all be available all the time and being able to set boundaries that are healthy to say, I'm not online. I'm not available. I'm going to be away and I'm going to be um, with my family or I'm going to be doing something else. Um, that's, that's the hard part. And I don't know. If somebody has answers for that, I would love to hear that. But I think we just have to hold ourselves accountable. I think my, my spouse will tell me, you've said you're going to be here for this volleyball tournament or you're going to be here for this vacation and I need you to do that and if you have to check in at 10 a.m and 4 p.m because you're the CEO then do that but then come back and I think that's those are the things that we do what do you do what advice do you have I don't have any I think um I mean I think setting boundaries is really really important I'm not good at it um I know I should be better at it I think it has been interesting in our household during the pandemic um I have worked primarily from home for a long time but I have not worked from home while also managing virtual school and having a spouse who's working from home. So one of the things that's been really interesting for us is during the height of the pandemic, when my husband was working from home every day too, he said, this is really hard. How, like, I am having a hard time leaving my desk because it's here all the time. And I mean, even as recently as the ice storm we had last week or right. sick kids at home. Um, so I think exactly what you said is so important um, to as spouses to hold each other accountable as friends, as coworkers to say, I know that I try to say that to my colleagues at work. You said you were gonna be out today. You're supposed to be on vacation. Why are you checking your email? Right. And they do the same thing for me. I think it's important to find both in your home life and in your work life, people who will help you stay accountable. Yes, that, I agree. And if I could just um, like practice what I preach, that that would be good too. <laughs> it is the hard part. It is. I don't have I don't have answers on that question. 
Well, I thought those are some good answers. We just have to, we just have to do what we said we were going to do. That's we'll right. hold each other accountable. How about that? I like it. I like that accountability circle. Perfect. So whether it's for your work, um, your volunteer work, I know that like you've talked about, you're often thinking a lot about paying things forward for the next generation. How do you hope to continue to encourage and empower the next generation? And how does Mia inspire you to do that? Oh, that's going to make me cry probably. I, you know, Aaron, the fact that I met you when you were 20, what? 23 three okay you were so young you really were one of my kids um the fact that you and I worked together and I just think about all of the people that have come through the whole thing that I've worked with or even that we've volunteered team board some of the team board that you started to have 30th birthdays I got invited to a 30th birthday but I'm like how's that possible you were on a team board I think watching you in your career and seeing the kind of um uh, mentor that you become to people that you manage I think the stories that you tackle the 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 courage that you do that with um, impresses me. So I think for me, paying it forward is providing you a lane, I hope, that you could go be the best you, even though I was a little upset when you left. Um, I'm over it now because this is what you're called to do, right? Like all the people that go on and do other things, um, I think seeing Jennifer in Arizona at the, at the museum that she's at, just seeing people that have gone and um, have done great things. I hope that I've been a little bit of a part of being able to provide them, equip them with confidence and skills and the courage to stand up in tough moments um, and believe in themselves. That's, I think, in this environment, in this community, the people that I've worked with throughout, whether it's volunteer or my job. Um, Mia is, you know, we've talked about this too. I think whenever you hear your kids say things, you know, Mia came in one day from school and she was like, I'm just so mad. And I said, why? And she goes, I went down to the first grade hallway because, you know, she's in third grade now, so she's a big kid. And she was like, I just, they just missed it. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, they had a deal about um, how, what would you do if you were president? And so they had a podium, but the little blank head was a guy with a tie. And so she said, I'm not saying girls don't wear ties because some girls wear ties, but like, that's just basically saying a man is going to be like, they, how many little girls are going to fill that out so we can even find out what they want to be? Because that, that doesn't lend to them being called upon in that moment. And I'm like, are you nine? Did you just say that? <laughs> Did you just say, you just realize that there is a, that shouldn't, that, that podium should have been empty because that could be a woman in a dress. You know, it doesn't matter what they're wearing. If you're asking what quote, tell them what you do if you're president. So the fact that she gets that, the fact that she understands that there's not a barrier between her and the presidency. Um, I remember being like 20 something years old in the governor's mansion and a bunch of women were standing around, you know, the governor's names and their spouse's names are on the steps. They're, they're in that carpet as you go up. And one lady said, well, I guess you have to marry a governor to have your name on this carpet. And I said, or you could run for governor. And, and their faces at that time, you know, in the nine, I guess I was, it had to be early 2000s. They were like, we can't run for governor. And so now we've changed that, right? Like that's happened. So I just have to think that's, that inspires me because I don't think Mia's going to have those boundaries. I hope, I hope Addie does, I, you know, what, whatever they want to do, whoever they want to love, whatever they want to be, I just want them to be happy and um, contributing members of society and, you know, encouraging each other. You said you were going to cry, but I'm the one that was <laughs> <laughs> That's why I left that for last. <laughs> 
thank you so much for this. This has been empowering. It's been inspiring as a perfect way to start off National Women's History Month. I know um, you've been a huge inspiration to me, an incredible friend to me, um, not just while at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, but but far beyond that. And yes, I still I still hear your voice in my head, Shannon, <laughs> when I'm making decisions at work, especially. What would Shannon do? You um, you've done incredible work, not just at the Hall of Fame, but really in changing and inspiring all of the lives that you've come in contact with. Well, you're very kind. And I, I will say this to you. I read the stories that you guys publish and I, I hear your voice and I know that you're the one pushing in a, in a place where it's uncomfortable to have some of those conversations, but you're putting a face on people that need to be seen and heard and you're giving them a voice. And I'm so proud of you because I know, I know there's bumps out there. I know that not everybody receives that, but you're giving, you're representing people that that need to be represented and I'm so proud of you. Okay, thanks friend. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> it's the best Monday ever. I love this Monday now. It is the best Monday ever. Thank you, thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you everyone for listening. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.